All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Winged Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. We're just going to get this over with. Let's get into it with the lead. Liam, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm right here to witness it. I'm glad you're here too. I'm happy we get to experience this together to some extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. It is an off day for the Edmonton Oilers, but something tells me we'll still have a good amount of people watching the show because of my dumbassery. Yeah, that was uh, might be the worst take of the year. Boston Bruins missed the playoffs. Historic season. Yeah. Amazing, really. (laughs) Like it's something. First off, I have a garbage can right in front of me. That's what I'm taking the lid off of right now. Um, if you missed it, if for whatever reason you're not caught up on the bit, first show we did, one of the first ON Every Days we did, I proclaimed the Boston Bruins. I said, listen, I don't even know if they're a playoff team. Someone said some models have them winning the division. I said, if they win the division, I will eat cat food mm-hmm. on this show. In the moment, I was like, hey, maybe a fun promotional opportunity for the show. Not the case at all. The thing with this, too, is... It's not like the Bruins turned on the Jets late in the year no. and like just sneaked it out. Like they just, by one point, oh, they just caught the Leafs. They won like 14 games in a row to start. They historic. The, they the had a historic ever. regular season. And they missed half the team. I can see why the bet was made. Things did not look good for the Bruins to begin. Going in before the puck dropped. 
But after that, complete disaster for you. Yeah, it was absolute disaster. Uh, so we're going to do this here in like a minute. Uh, welcome into the show. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't want to miss this, which makes sense. One of them is Frank Sarvali, who showed up early for his hit. Frank, uh, <laughs> yep, welcome in. <laughs> yes, 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 this is it. This is the day, yes. <laughs> and Frank, deciding that it wasn't just enough for me to have to do this, decided to send out a nice tweet to his uh, 272,000 followers to ensure both people I don't know, colleagues in media, all knew why or what the hell I'm doing. Uh, so Frank, I know you're excited to watch me do this. Cannot wait. I'm fascinated with your choice. You had many choices to, to pick from. You could have gone dry. You could have gone wet. You decided to go wet. Uh, this is a fantastic life choice. I think it might just kind of, you know, lubricate on the way down. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm. This is like this is must. This is the most anticipated spot that I've ever been in in terms of like I'm. I wish I was in studio for this. This is so exciting. Okay, so I just cracked the can. Quite the whiff. Quite the whiff. Okay. Oh. That's, <laughs> it's the smell is so i i have a garbage can next to me for a handful of reasons that is like oh, pink that is yeah that's it's not human have food. you ever seen so, pink chicken before that's weird no uh so i have a garbage can next to me it is one bite we'll take a spoonful i am chasing it down with a refreshing can of coca-cola I am getting large whiffs of this right now, so I honestly just want to get it over with. I can't even open it up all the way. Okay. <laughs> can we show? Can I walk up to the camera with it? No. No, you no, don't. I we, need, yeah, we need a view. We need a view. This... Okay. Let, let me get it. No, I'm, nope. I'm getting this over with. Nope. All okay. right. Rules have been set. <sighs> He's shaking. Make it healthy. Oh. Make it a big one. Good. <laughs> Approved. Yep. Oh, oh, I can't even look. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> 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 can we get the garbage can out? Oh, my oh, goodness. Six. Oh, oh. So bad. Gavin. Oh. Oh, man. oh no. <laughs> Well, crack that tap one for you too. Uh, honestly, <laughs> oh no! After the dinner, oh, I'm crying. Yeah, my lid. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh. All right, guys. Don't say I'm not a man of my word. I think that was a pretty healthy. Uh, that was so much. Uh, Amber, the spoons in the garbage. It's not coming home today. Uh, I just had to get that. I I thought it would slide down a little easier, which is why I went with the gravy option. <laughs> there was no gravy in that. I did. I had to take a bite. With gravy. That was it. Oh. knows. Chicken dinner with gravy was the official menu selection. <laughs> yep. And oof. I mean, I, you decided against the tuna, which I think was a good life choice. I think so. Uh, all right. The chat, you're so, loving like, it. So though, thank you. Better, like better than you thought, worse than you thought. 
It was salty. Like that when I bit into it and then kind of gave it the little like, like that's because I wasn't expecting it to be that salty. I won't do it again. And it would <laughs> like, I'm, I can't even think of a wager that I'd be comfortable with risking that for again. Um, but Ugh. it really stinks in here. It's yeah. like not a good smell at all. Oh, dude, when you just like, anyways, when you just licked your teeth afterwards and then did like the little burp, like that's what got me. Like, I was like, oh no, it's happening. What got me was Tyler's hand shaking as he was putting in his mouth. <laughs> and then just the, the smell is special. All right. Well, we got through it. Um, people are saying they're looking forward to what I do next year for the cat food bet. <laughs> honestly i don't think you're getting it oh i'm like as i burp up coke it's like burp that way (laughs) all right all right we're done we're done it's over the cat food era is gone um i hope you all got a real good kick out of that welcome into oilers nation every day uh frank saravalli is is in the mix brought to you by our friends at star mechanical uh frank i don't even know how we pivot off this but i'm just gonna like hard (laughs) go into the hockey talk here uh, we're feeling good about the Oilers. I know that that's my concern with all of this, um, is that I fear this will become my thing. Um, anyways, Frank, the Oilers, we're feeling good. Game five felt like a turning point. Is that a question? Yeah. It's like your thoughts on me saying game five felt like a turning point. Uh, I would say it did. It felt like the Oilers really grabbed control. And I don't just mean 3-2 in the series. I mean, in terms of the play. From puck drop, they seem to be, it's not even just more engaged. They seem to know what was at stake. And more than that, I think they felt more comfortable with what LA was presenting to them. So I think they added some little wrinkles to their game. You saw the Kulak goal, his first career playoff goal. Um, They just looked in the, like they were in the driver's seat, which I think a lot of people expected them to be in this series for, you know, the vast chunk of it. Of course, that hasn't been the case to this point. And now it sort of feels like they've got a giant opportunity here to close out in game six to make life a lot easier on themselves to not have to play a game seven that they really need to find a way to take full advantage of. Yeah. I I think that's kind of it. We've seen this team time and time again, really shoot them, shoot themselves in the foot. But we had uh, former oiler, Sean bell on the show yesterday. And we talked about a bunch of things, but one of them was that it's interesting to watch the Kings not deviate from this one, three, one style. And it feels like, you know, when they had the comeback in game one, it really was the Oilers giving them that. Like it was Edmonton making like noticeable mistakes and that was it. When they were trailing in game five, like sticking with the one, three, one, not sending an extra four checker, they didn't deviate from that strategy. And that just leads me to believe the Oilers can sit there in game six and keep picking them apart. And if they bring their A game, then it should be all good for this team as well. And yeah, I, I just don't really see out of all the teams that are down three, two, I think LA might have one of the worst chances of coming back just because I've seen no evidence they can deviate from a strategy that's not working. Well, I would agree with you on the assessment of the Oilers having the best chance, I think, of all the teams three, two to close it out somewhat quickly. Um, But I'll be real curious to see if Todd McClellan counters. Like, 
So he sort of set up this series and really put his team in position for success. And the Oilers have punched back quite literally. And then they also, Jay Woodcroft added his own wrinkle to it, as I mentioned, and found a way to not just pick through it. And Connor McDavid was way better at picking through it. Um, they, they added little nuances to it that it feels like they solved it. So that then bounces back to Todd McClellan. Like if you're going to play the same exact way, be prepared to lose the same way is sort of how I look at it. I get the idea of sticking to what made you successful, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him change it up just a bit to try and throw the Oilers off and have them try and sift through and figure it out again. That might open up an advantage for LA. So he, he, yeah, I think he has a real advantage in that not only does he have the experience, but really has an intimate knowledge of this Euler team that I think has enabled him to be really, you know, to give his chance the best team, the best chance to succeed going up against McDavid and Dreisaitl. That if you look at this series, and maybe that's the scariest part for the Kings, is that they're down three to two and McDavid has never really been overwhelming in any game. That that's you know it's it's worked to this point in a way but they're also still trailing three two Mm -hmm. yeah like you look at mcdavid right he's got eight points and it's crazy to be saying this when you look at an aaron we can flash up kind of the scoring leaders for the series dry side of we've all kind of said oh he's on another level right now it's unbelievable and mcdavid it's like oh he's kind of the quiet one with just two goals in the series it's been interesting to watch how the kings have been able to keep McDavid in check. I get a part of it was also Corpus Allo, but for the Oilers fans, Frank, who are maybe concerned about Connor McDavid's production and even his playing the D zone was a topic following game five. He was on the ice for all three goals as well. Um, any reason to be worried there? Like some people are saying, oh, he must be hurt. He must be hurt. I just think the Kings are doing a good job of smothering him. I, he's not hurt, at least in when I last checked in a couple days ago to ask the exact same question, is there something going on that I'm missing? And I'm told the answer is no. I I don't even really have any evidence to point to in his game. He's still flying to say that he Mm -hmm. could potentially be hurt. Uh, I don't think there's any issue with his hand, not obviously not his feet. Uh, So I was told the answer is no. Um, I think their game plan has essentially been, we'll give you the perimeter. You know, you can, try and circle the wagons out there as much as you want. But so long as they're keeping him outside the dots, they feel like he's much less of a threat. And I would say that's probably a pretty accurate statement. So um, I think in a lot of ways, what the Kings have done is similar to how the avalanche made him a non-factor in the Western Conference final. And I say non-factor in the sense that they weren't able to get on the board. that it's it sort of provided the blueprint in this case for the Kings to try and approach this. I wonder if there's going to be any sort of copycat type approach from the Golden Knights or, you know, whoever you end up facing if the Oilers are lucky enough to advance to the Western final again. Yeah. And we'll touch on some other series because that has people as well. If you got anything you want us to ask Frank, throw it in the chat on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, Liam, there was something that happened. It's happened in a couple of games in a row you want to talk about. Yeah. So, Frank, we've obviously we saw Kale McCaw get suspended the other day for that interference call. But one thing that's just honestly bugging the shit out of me is when 
the Oilers, it's happened to them twice now with Bouchard yeah. and Fogel. It's happened in other series too, yeah. Cross-checked right in the back into the boards, especially the Dursey one the other day. Like, it just felt so deliberate and an intent to bury him like he did. Is there any approach by the NHL that can maybe stop that, or do they think it's fine with that continuously happening? Well, I think really all you have to do, Liam, when it comes to the playoffs is call it once. Players get the message real quick. It kind of goes back to the um, a totally different scenario, but I don't know if you were watching Leafs Lightning the other night when Victor Hedman got sent to the box uh, mm-hmm. for a scrum after the whistle. And instead of taking two guys, which they normally do, they just took one, pulled Hedman out of the pile and said, you're going to the box. That is a real stern warning issued to everyone saying, this stuff is not going to be tolerated. Don't even think about it. I think you try and nip that in the bud early and say, you know, you're, you're going to the box. Like we, two minutes, sit there and think about it and watch if your team can hold off one of these great power plays um, because that's the only way to really curtail it. Are they watching it? Are they clipping it in terms of a department of player safety standpoint? Of course, I think they see it. Um, but to this point, the fact that it hasn't been called, like it, it's not going to really take a lot to change that. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, let's go around the rest of the series here. There are Oilers fans. Th- their mouths are watering a little bit, Frank. And no, not because they have an opportunity to eat cat food or something like that. Their mouths are watering because the Seattle Kraken are pushing the Colorado Avalanche to the brink. And that has people thinking this conference is just going to be right there for the Oilers taking, I guess, a two-parter. If Colorado's gone, is Edmonton without a doubt the best team in this conference? And two, are you surprised? I mean, I know you are, but like the way the Kraken have been pushing the Avs, it's not just that it's happening. It's how these games are playing out and how the Kraken and Avs have looked respectively. Yep, uh, I agree with everything you just said. It's the uncanny depth scoring for the Kraken. The fact that they've gotten the best goaltending that they've ever had in franchise history at this exact moment in time as Philip Grubauer, you know, continues his revenge tour against the Avs. So to go to your larger question, I understand why Oiler fans are salivating, like knocking out the defending champs who have, you know, arguably the, the stars to go toe to toe on the front end, back end of their team with the Oilers Um, to knock them out is a huge bonus. But it, I don't know if it necessarily makes the Oilers the clear-cut best team in the conference. I look at what Dallas has done in their series against Mini, and I look at how difficult of an out that team is, not just with Jake Ottinger and the way that he's played, but really it's their compete, their physicality. It's a totally, like, it's funny, that side of the bracket, the hockey has been totally different than the Oilers Pacific side of this bracket in terms of the style of game. So you're going to have that clash of style. I think when you get to the Western final um, and, and not for nothing, the golden Knights are healthier than they've been all season. And they're looking pretty good. Like I know Winnipeg is decimated, but, and I know that the Oilers have had the golden Knights number this season. And I do think season series means something. I just think, don't get too giddy about the idea of the Kraken knocking off the abs one. Cause it hasn't happened yet. And I don't think anyone would be surprised to see that series go seven games and two, be careful what you wish for, because 
you know, you could have the Vegas Golden Knights second round loss that no one saw coming hits you right in the face. Yeah, I mean, everything, everything's unpredictable. And as the playoffs go on, it just, it gets further and further from the regular season. Like you said, the regular season records, I don't pay a lot of attention to them. Uh, let's go out east. Oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs got a shot tonight, Frank. But if they miss, it's tightening right up. Yeah, you'll see some sphincters tightening in Scotiabank Arena in a real way. Um, I think they close it out tonight. I think they find a way to really put their best game of the series together, which sounds funny to say, but if you look at on the aggregate of the four games played, the Lightning have actually controlled play and been the better team for three of the four. The Leafs had two last, you know, sort of last ditch comebacks. I'm not going to say last minute that were really impressive. That also spoke to me to just how awful the Lightning were to close out those two games. Will that happen again? Will the Leafs just take control and and find a way to slay the Dragon and and it, you know, win their first series since, since 2004. I would just hate to see for the, for them and and really for their fan base it go the other direction. You lose game 5, all of a sudden, man, game 6 in Tampa, that team's on the ropes, they refuse to say die. And all of a sudden you're like right back in Toronto for game 7. Like almost everyone can see that kind of playing itself out. Um so the Leafs have a chance to write a different story. They've done yeah. it to this point. Will they do it now? Last area I want to touch on with you, Frank Servali stopping by for Star Mechanical, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. You got your first trade targets board of the offseason is up and rolling. The top five is interesting with Carlson, Hayes, Gerard, Lindholm, and Miller. And I can't help. Oilers fans will want me to ask you about Carlson first, so I guess I'll go there percent chance they move on from Eric Carlson this summer in San Jose. I'm going to call it about a 25% chance. The fact that we're even having this discussion as the likely Norris trophy winner and 101 point defenseman, the first hundred point D man since Brian Leach back in 1992 is amazing in and of itself. Um, I think this is a now or never type situation for the San Jose Sharks. They, I think they improperly valued the cap space that they'd be creating by moving on from Carlson and the flexibility as they try and rebuild their team. They're the 28th place team in the NHL this year. And they were, you know, one of the highest spending teams. There's no need to be there again. Uh, They need to bottom out in a, I think a significant way. Um, But they didn't value that at the deadline asking for what they did for Carlson. And I get why you'd want to, I just think, their best call and decision for them and for Carlson is to move him to a team that has a chance to win. How much salary do they need to retain? What are they getting in return? I say now or never, because I don't think Eric Carlson's value is ever going to be higher than it is at this exact moment in time. With Ekholm fitting in as well as he has and Bouchard's emergence in the playoffs, is it fair to say we take the Oilers out of this conversation as well? Um. I would say never say not never? totally fair. I, yeah, I would say I wouldn't be shocked to see them revisit it. Interesting. Uh, as we move down the list, there is one oiler you do have on it, and it's Kyler Yamamoto. I, I don't love having this kind of a conversation in the middle of a playoff run because we have 
all summer to talk about what the Oilers could do with Kyler Yamamoto, but he's struggling right now and he makes a good chunk of money for next year. Uh, maybe walk us through why Yamo's on your list and maybe what that could play out like in the summer. Well, you were just talking about Bouchard and, and the idea that you need to pay him. Um, <clears throat> you have some cap constraints that are real. And if you'd like to try and continue to improve your team elsewhere, moving someone that's in the Kyler Yamamoto, um, Warren Fogle type salary range is the way to do it. And look, Yamamoto hasn't been right, I don't think, really all year. He's, as I wrote in the story, he's been dealing with what I'm told is a vestibular issue. I, kind of classified like some whiplash syndrome, some kind of concussion-like symptoms that he's been experiencing. I don't know if he's back to full health now. I, I think it's been something that's been lingering with him for a while. And even sitting out, you know, sort of uh, late January, early February for that stretch of time that he missed, it helped, but it didn't totally get him back to 100%. So he needs some help, um, I think. He could probably use a fresh start, maybe. Um, and the Oilers, although, you know, interesting player in that he did touch 20 goals last year, he probably is not playing at a level right now that's commensurate to his pay. And for a team where every dollar matters, that's a real calculus that they're going to have to make. Yeah. It's going to be a uh, fun couple of weeks, though, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That is what we are dialed into. If, it, if Frank, if, if, I'll knock on wood, too. If it's Oilers Vegas round two, we meeting up. We meeting up outside the Bellagio Fountain. Yeah, I'll bring some dry cat food this time. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Frank. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on and doing this. Tyler, you're a good man, good sport, uh, man of your word. So no one can ever take that away from you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you, Frank, and thank you for drawing even more attention to it. There's Frank Saravalli for Star Mechanical. If you need 24-7 emergency service, 780-481-8873 is where you can find him. Shout out to Star Mechanical. Uh, 
dialing into the Oilers a little bit here, Liam. We are, as always, live from the Sports Closet <laughs> studio. You're uh, not rocking your cool Sports Closet jacket. Not today. I'll save it for the weekend. Will you be rocking it Saturday at the Greta party? I think I think I will be strolling in in that one then pulling it off to show the world my Yossi jersey. Ah, I like that. Yeah. We uh, we did sell out or no more reservation spots available mm-hmm. at Greta for the party on Saturday myself. Uh, producer Aaron are going to be hosting it. You're going to be hanging out. All the nation personalities or a bunch of the nation personalities, I should say, will be there and it'll be a good time down at Greta. And again, sportscloset.ca. If you want to, if you're coming to the party, go get geared up. They do have nation gear there as well. We're going to be selling nation gear at the party. There's a lot going on right now. We're also going live Saturday from here, from, here. from yep. the big studio at noon. And we may have a special guest joining us in studio for that show as well for a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a tight couch that day. It is going to be a tight squeeze on the couch. I actually don't know how we'll make it work, but we will make it work. Uh, okay, let's talk about a few things from Oilers practice. Lines pretty much all look the same. Aaron is uh, okay. You got something from Ryan Rashog here. You're not going to like this. Okay, let's play it. Let's play it for the people. Connor McDavid at practice. This from Ryan Rashog. He appears to be wincing a little bit, a lot bit. And there's something with his leg here as he stands. Maybe it's just cramp. <laughs> I'm going to trust Frank on this one. I if I'm too. being honest, like Rashad says, everyone is nursing something. Here's my thing with McDavid. Like I was kind of hard on his defensive play yesterday. I'm not buying the whole he's hurt thing. I think this has been in two parts, him just not playing his best. Sure. I'll, I'll say three parts. The Kings doing a very good job of shutting him down early in this series. And three, Corpus Allo stopped them a lot. Yes. He's had breakaways. He's had rushes up the ice. The Kings have committed multiple times to McDavid's about to get by me. Hook, whack the hands. Don't let him get the chance. They're taking power plays or giving up power plays versus giving up goals. If Connor McDavid could have buried a breakaway or two here, he's got four goals on the series almost, and he'd be at two points a game. And we're not talking about anything. I really just think this now with that tweet, I think is making a bigger deal out of, out of this than we need to. He's not playing his best. His knee is fine. Again, I'm, I'm with Frank on this. I think there would have, he would be missing morning skates and optionals and things like that. Much like Evander Kane is. Like right? Evander Kane is. And Evander Kane apparently nursing both an upper and a lower body injury, yeah. according to Elliot Friedman. Like, if you remember back to last playoffs, like, did Donnell Nurse and Leon Dreisaitl take a morning skate? Like, because they yeah, were no, you're right. the whole time, yeah. right? Like, McDavid, and uh, not only McDavid, Woodcroft would say, hey, go get on the bike. Yeah. You know, like, you're not going on the ice today. We'll see you on Saturday for game six. Maybe this is just something impractical. Maybe his equipment's feeling weird or something stupid like that, right? Like it's just we're obviously speculating. It's that type of year where you really everyone wants to know every little detail about what's going on in Oilers, Oilers country or whatever we're calling it. And but yeah, I think it's fine. And I think sometimes too, like you said, like give credit to the LA Kings. They have done such a good job of, and he still has eight points, Liam. I know, and it's just like if they showed a thing on sports, and actually it was right before. Game four, I think, and it was Corpusello's stats. He had the best save percentage in the first round of all time, at like a nine thirty eight or whatever he had. Like, let's just not underestimate what the Kings have been able to do yep. against McDavid. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred uh, percent. Game six goes Saturday. We do not know when. Don't know when yet. 
Here is my belief, my read on things. Not that I'm an insider. There is a chance both Toronto and Winnipeg play on Saturday. The only game scheduled already is New Jersey and Rangers. the Rangers. Six. Six o'clock mountain. Okay. That one would have an impact on it, I believe, if it's just the Rangers Oilers. If it's just the Rangers series and the Oilers series, I think we get the Oilers at what would be eight o'clock mountain, 10 o'clock Eastern, fairly standard puck drop. The games won't overlap. Everyone's happy. If just the Leafs are playing that night in terms of Canadian teams, which means the Golden Knights finish it off tonight. If just the Leafs are playing, I believe the Oilers will also be at eight because think about it. I don't think they love the idea of having an afternoon playoff game. I don't think the Oilers like it. I don't think the league likes it. I don't think the Kings like it. Mm -hmm. Why would they just randomly stick the Oilers at one o'clock in the afternoon, Pacific time, two o'clock mountain, just so it can roll into the Leafs. They'll do the reverse. They'll do Leafs at five Oilers at eight. Boom. Sportsnet's happy. The teams are happy. Everyone's happy. If it is Edmonton, Winnipeg and Toronto all playing, that's when I think we maybe get the afternoon game is because Winnipeg could have a late start. Edmonton was then kind of in no man's land because they don't want Oilers jets playing at the same time. Toronto's at five, but where I would argue against the Oilers being the afternoon slot there is if you don't want Toronto and Winnipeg overlapping, when do you have to start them five o'clock yeah. mountain? And then also probably at least seven thirty mountain, probably eight mountain. So you're going to start a game at nine o'clock central time. Brutal for the locals. Mm hmm. So why wouldn't you make Winnipeg Vegas the afternoon game? Start them at three o'clock central, two o'clock mountain. The Leafs game will start at five mountain, seven Eastern. Huge enough of a gap there. And then you can put the Oilers late. The only team maybe Vegas doesn't love playing at one o'clock in their own time zone. But again, the game's in Winnipeg. I just can't see them for an LA Kings home game, making them start at one o'clock Pacific time that or even earlier, potentially noon Pacific time. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think the Oilers are playing late. I think if you want to plan your life in the watch party, I think they'll end up playing late. Well, Tyler, to back up that point further, last Saturday, the first game of the day was Winnipeg, Vegas. Then it was Tampa Bay, Toronto. Then it was New York, New Jersey. And then it was Seattle, Colorado. So there you go. The, the blueprints that, there. That is essentially the schedule. Yeah. Unless something different happens, like someone wins tonight and it gets knocked down, and maybe it changes things a little bit. But yeah. I think as long as Winnipeg make it through to game six, then the others will be the late game. Or all of the above, I guess. Whatever it may be. But I just, yeah, I would assume the others are the eight o'clock start. Yeah. Because they always are. And I tweeted this last night. I love afternoon hockey during the season. When it's a game against the Sharks and you can flip that sucker on at one o'clock in the afternoon, have a couple of cold ones and then do whatever with your night. Hell yeah. Playoffs. No, no. We need build up. We need hype. Everyone's got to be properly lubricated. The moss pit's got to be bumping. We start these games late. This is all that matters in life are these playoff games. Put them at the proper time, NHL. Figure it out. And people say, yeah, it depends on the Leafs and the Jets. I know. And there's a chance neither of them play and the Oilers will be late and we're good. I think one of them will play. Who? I think, I think we'll see Jets Golden Knights on the, on the night. And it'll start 5 o'clock Mountain, 6 Central, good start time, 7 o'clock Eastern. It'll roll right into Oilers and, and Kings. I, I think the opposite. 
I think we'll see. I think Vegas will win tonight, and I, I think we'll see the Leaves go. Th- uh, uh, then the Leaves the Bolts go mm-hmm. game six, and then it would work out anyway nicely. So it's what it is. But last night, Tyler, I went on a walk, and you said the vibes, mm-hmm. and this triggered a lot of something in me. In my neighborhood, people, I don't know about where you live, but people have started to have these outdoor lights. I always thought they were just Christmas lights. And now oh. I realized last night, everyone's lights are orange and blue. Because they're probably the year-round ones you can like change with the remote, yeah. right? And I, cool. I've criticized these people many a times on my walks, but now I'm starting to think, this is awesome. Like the vibes, I don't even live in the city. And the mm-hmm. vibes are just everywhere are awesome. So I yeah. agree. You got to let the vibes build up throughout the day, the build up, the anxiety of the game day, just everything. You it all get, adds to it. You got to get over the betway, put in your bets, you know, your sports clothes, get your jerseys, any other ads I can play? Uh, no, I think that's all. Okay, good. Uh, if you have faulty plumbing, <laughs> blood lights. To, yeah, you got to get the your lights. blood lights. Oh, hey, should we do our uh, cooler question for the day? Yeah, I teed it up quite nicely. Yeah, you did. Well. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to wheel, wheel that bad boy over here. Do we have the right side? Shout out to our friends at Labatt Canada and Greta, where we will be on Saturday enjoying a few of these. Let's get to our cooler question for today. We asked this one of Frank Liam, so I will ask you who's the biggest threat to the Oilers winning the Western Conference right now? I mean, I honestly think it's the LA Kings. It's so just, you think like, I, like that just seems like a wild thing to say because they're playing them right now and they're up. But I just think LA, the Oilers just match up better against other teams, I think. But LA is literally just the counter opposite of the Oilers. And I think that's going to be, a, I mean, Dallas has been fantastic. If they yep. knock off Minnesota, we've out. Joe Pavelski, that's big. Vegas, I feel like I said, like we underestimate them a lot, but still who knows what they're going to be. And then who's the other teams in there? Seattle. I mean, if they knock off Colorado, I know everyone's like, oh, well, Colorado doesn't have Nachushkin, Landeskog, McCaw. Yeah. It's just like, well, who cares? They're still beating them. Like, they, McCaw's played four of the games in this series. Like, that's a good point. Like, they're missing Jared McCann, too, like Seattle. And they've got this goaltender that's been brutal all year, yet yeah. somehow he's having his, just this revenge series. Like, yep. Seattle under, underestimated every, by everyone. Myself included. I had the series ending yeah. in five. So yeah, full marks to the Seattle crack. And I'm going to steal producer Aaron's answer for this one. The biggest threat to the Oilers winning the West is themselves. <laughs> yeah. If they play a plus hockey, no one in this conference touches them. And maybe the only team is the godforsaken Bruins who could touch them. Like, yeah. let's be honest here, people. If the Oilers are in full control of their destiny in the Western conference, there is no team that can beat the Oilers playing at their A-plus level, and I believe that wholeheartedly. So there's our uh, cooler question brought to you by Budweiser and, or sorry, Labatt Canada and uh, Greta. Look at this cool cooler they got us. I wish I could, like, lift it up better. No, it's very heavy. And it is full of beer. uh, How about that Bruins game last night? Matt Kachuk, man. Like, what can you say about him, hey? But how about Omak? Like, what a mistake. What an absolute massive, massive mistake. and. To whiff on the puck like that. Oh, yeah. just man, just risk the ice and just absolutely rim that thing the other way. If it goes ice and whatever, at least you can reset on it a little bit. But boy, oh boy. And also on the other end of the ice, Bobrovsky, what do you make? Like 45 saves or something like yeah. that? Like for him to just come in there and do what he did, I thought it was just really good. And I do think that series will just end in six, but also Florida's, Florida's found a way and they've got a lot of talent on that team if they can yep. put it together. Yeah, uh, Kathy and a bunch of people are asking in the chat, how do you get into Greta if there's no more Rezos? Limited number of walk-in spots. Limited. People are saying, Tyler, how early do we have to show up? I don't even want to say a number because I don't, don't want to like hurt anyone's feelings. I know, Aaron, you said like, oh, maybe an hour, but like 
I told my friends on the weekend, come an hour and a half beforehand, they did, they were able to get in, but you might be This one might be different. On this one. Do you know the good thing about Greta though is, even if you are there like an hour, hour and a half early, you don't just have to sit there and watch TV. Games. There's games you yeah. can play. I believe the patio will probably be open, so you can be outside yeah. a little bit. Rangers too. Like, Devils will be on. Yeah, like the hockey's obviously going to be on too, and I'm sure did a, did a J play. There'll be something. There's plenty to do at Greta yeah. besides sitting there. Like, yeah. you know, you won't be bored. Vibe. Is our point? It, yeah, it is a great vibe. Even in the intermissions, getting to play some games and stuff. We'll have a good time. Uh, Nation playoff party down at Greta, selling Nation gear, doing a whole bunch of fun stuff as well, and uh, some fun games planned with this goal late. I think I unplugged it. There we go. Wow. Hey. Come on. <laughs> if that's at your table, when the Oilers score, you get a bucket of beer. Shout out to Budweiser and Bud Light. Uh, we went yesterday for lunch. We had a nice lunch oh, date with delicious. our pal Christopher Palmer, who was a great hang, actually. He was a lot of fun to chill with. Yeah, he was, uh, he was good. A man of sports, I think is a good way. To yeah, he talked. Everything. He, yeah, he watches absolutely everything he was telling us about how he likes to do like day trips out to toronto to just like go watch the jays fly home in his own bed that night like legit stuff uh this was great and we tried out the fanalytics menu at boston pizza we did the appy trio and the shrimp to start i didn't try the shrimp i totally forgot about it it was good Good? it it was very good very shrimpy uh christopher palmer had a beer mosa which looked refreshing yeah Look great. Uh, we did the happy trail, like I said, and then we each did pizza flights and we did the winged ribs. Uh, it was good. Liam and I shared our pizza flight. We went with the meteor, uh, Crayway North, and tropical chicken. Tropical chicken. You were more the meteor guy. That was yes, your pick. Yes, that was my pick. And then I think we both, the wild card for us was a tropical chicken, I believe. Yeah. And it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I also went to Boston Pizza later that evening. My friend had the, I was telling him I went for this and he's like, what's a pizza flight? And then we showed him the menu and then he got the pizza flight himself. Mm-hmm. Also a cheesecake. <laughs> People are like, is Christopher Palmer a billionaire? No, he is, <laughs> he is. I shouldn't, I feel like I don't need to say this much about his life. He knows someone who works at the airline. He yeah. gets like cheap tickets is, is the gist of it. Maybe he's a billionaire. If he is, I he mean, can tell us. Yeah. So he was looking snazzy. Oh, there's a cheesecake. Throw that one up there. <laughs> Where, was it you going cheesecake in a blue moon? That was me. Yeah, the double whammy. What kind of a combo is that? Filling one, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, It was full. A lot of whipped cream. A lot. I asked for extra. Where did you get this? Boston Pizza. Yep. Yeah, this is I Boston Pizza Wednesday is my cheesecake day. Uh, I got my I got my wings and off I went. I just we've been talking about Boston pizza for like five minutes and Aaron goes, Where, oh, where'd you get it? Oh, yeah, shout, shout I'm out. trying to do eight shout things out. at once. Shout out to BPs, yep. hundred percent. Uh, All right, AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard for tonight. A couple of teams have their seasons on the line. Leafs, Bolts, Toronto can exercise their first round demons. Son of a gun, Liam, I say they're going to do it. I I mean, I've been on the Tampa train. I know. So I got to stick with my guns. I did win money on Seattle last night, so that was nice. Yeah, that was a smart bet. I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the the Lightning. I I think the Leafs can obviously win this series. They're up 3-1. I don't think they'll fully blow it, but I think they'll they'll make things a little uncomfortable for themselves. And I think Tampa Bay will sneak this one plus one twenty five on Betway. And also, the Rangers are even money tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a home team, one yet? Kind of like them. Like that's road. Good. It's a road dog series. And then Winnipeg are the massive underdogs tonight, and I just I don't see that one. I might even go puck line Vegas tonight. 
for the sole reason of, like we said yesterday, like empty net happens. You got it. The overs hit every game in that series. I think it's actually five and a half. And it's five and a half. So I'm hammering the over between Golden Knights and Jets this evening. Minus 125 too. It's a good payout for a five and a half line. Yeah. Um, So yeah, those two looking to close it out. I like the Rangers tonight too. Uh, Back over to the Oilers Nation YouTube chat. Uh, Christopher Palmer has cleared up the air saying, quote, I'm not a billionaire. So there you go. Uh, People are asking if the Moss Pit is free. It is free to just walk into the Moss Pit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aaron's got a bunch of times. Um, Dr. Gonzo says, I want an Oilers Toronto Stanley Cup final. Boo me if you want, but the country would implode. It'd be great. It'd be great theater, and we would hate them. You, I, if the Oilers played the least in the Cup final, Michael Bunting would be the most hated man in, in Edmonton. We should, if that ever happens, we got to get a Bunting Hyman showdown. Yeah. The ultimate Hyman. Yeah. Hyman would win because Bunting's a fraud in that sense of things. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, Davin says winning round one would be such a relief for the Leafs that they won't play well in round two. I could actually see that happening a little bit, too, yeah. but there's two ways to go about it. Remember when the Canucks went on their run and in the years leading up, they lost every single time to the Blackhawks and Burrow scored an OT. The, yeah. the call on the goal was like, he slayed the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. He fired that clapper over Crawford's shoulder. It's like, hey, they slayed the dragon. They slayed the dragon. Uh, there's might be a bit of that too. We're hey. like pressure's off. Matthews and Marner are just rolling. And there you go. Isn't that kind of like Colorado too last season in like a small way? Like I know they were able yep. to win first round Got over the hump and then they smoked us. You get over it. The Oilers in, in somewhat of a, the same sense too. Like it's the momentum. I don't believe and you've said this too. And I think Bob McKenzie is a famous one who says it. Like, there's no momentum between games. But I think there is momentum as a group through the next round, right? Like you have that bel- more belief in yourself and that you can take them down because you've made it this far now. Yeah, like beating the Bolts would be something for that group for sure. All right. This was uh, an edition of the show that will go down in infamy. People will be talking about this one for generations. I think so, Liam. I think so. Uh, a lot of viewers, over 1,200 of you tuned in to see this nonsense. So I thank you for that. Thanks for stopping into the Sports Closet Studio. We're back tomorrow, noon mountain time with, uh, I think Bag Milk's probably going to pop by. Yep. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll try to get someone else on the show and just uh, shoot the shit about the playoffs. And then Saturday, Sherwood for giant game day edition of the show with a giant guest as well. Shout out to Frank Cervalli for popping in for a full half hour as well. Brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical, the new fanalytics menu at Boston Pizza. Why not head over to Boston Pizza tonight? AMA travel for the out-of-town scoreboard and our friends at Betway, where we're laying some shekels tonight, Liam. That is a wrap on today's edition of the show. I'm going to go have a proper lunch. 